relax. Take a deep breath. Hi everyone, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. This is a bonus episode, the last episode of season 14. My name's Roger. And uh, my name uh, has been lost to the dawns of time. That's right. It's me and the old lost to the dawns of time fellow there. And this is the podcast where we normally write a song every week. But this season's been different. We have written all of our songs in February. 28 songs between us in February. And we've discussed them. And now we have something a little different, don't we, Declan? What are we What are we doing today? Yes, we, we do have something a little bit different. Uh, basically, at some point during this run, we just realised, hold on, we've done something slightly unusual in that we've written songs outside of the time that we allocated ourselves to write songs. Normally, I don't know how true this is for you, Roger, but normally like the podcast is the only reason I write songs anymore, which is a terrible thing to say, but it's more or less true. But like every now and then I've been writing a song since the thing, and we just figured, like, well, if we bring a couple of the ones we really like to the show and uh, show them off for you, uh, because that's what we like to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm the same as you on the most part. Like, since the challenge, that's, like, my time for writing. I feel like I can sort of, like, rest guilt-free if I've written for the Weekly Song podcast. But, since but also because we, wrote... we know there's another season coming out, so we're sort of saving our energy. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. But yeah, I think since it's been a while since, well, you know, the end of February, we're recording this on June the 14th. Uh, and so it's, it's hot and it's warm. It's lovely, it's, isn't it? It's too warm. I'm melting. I'm literally a puddle. Very British of us to discuss the weather. It's. I try my best, dears. <laughs> I heard that's why um, British people make good diplomats, because it's well, quite because inoffensive. we're always discussing the weather. <laughs> Yeah, it's just inoffensive and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, it's a, thing, it's a thing of, like, everyone discusses the weather because it's the only thing that you can all agree on. Like, uh, no one's going to object to, like, oh, it's been quite hot today, hasn't it? And if you do object, it's normally a polite objection with, like, oh, you should have seen it last week, mate, or something like that, as opposed to, what are you talking about? It's raining outside. Yeah, it's not you like... Fool. It's not like, it's not hot, you commie bastard. <laughs> That's never been said. Apart from here, it's an exclusive. We're trying to cancel the rain. <laughs> yeah, this this sunshine is due to Biden's administration. Uh, I think you'll find it was actually set up by the previous administration. They've had nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, we're just suffering the last government coalition that was in. Oh dear, I don't. I don't. We're suffering every government, <laughs> and that's all I'll say. <laughs> Uh, that's about as political as we get. Um, yeah. Back to the songs. <laughs> so we've both bought two songs to the show. Um, and it's going to be weird because they're quite fresh, I imagine, for both of us to some extent. And, you know, mm. I, I imagine we're both quite like pleased with the ones we bought. Would that be fair to say? You You might be correct. You might not be. You'll have to listen to the whole episode to find out. <laughs> it's a hook. I think um, it, in in a, in a lot of ways, these might be the first songs which we've brought to the podcast to show each other and to show everyone listening that were written in like a relaxed way, potentially, like like no ticking clock, basically. Like written for the sake of writing rather than, oh my God, I have to get something done in seven days' time. Ah! Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll get into it later, but for me, these were songs that just like, 
I felt like writing. I had an idea for a lyric or I had an idea for some chords. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a song. An entire song with words and chords and some of the other things that go into songwriting. Words, and chords. Words. <clears throat> That's it. That's it. Those two, stick them together, stir them around and you have a song. Put them together and what have you got? A wonderful brand new song. Hey. So um, what's, what's your first one you're bringing to... Um, to us today to us today uh to my first today. one is a song that i only titled today because i gave it a title on my phone i thought i was recording it today and i thought i'll better check what the title was because i can't quite remember turns out the title was a lyric that i'd scrapped from the song and no longer made sense so today it has been rechristened and it has been rechristened good to see you out and it goes like this to do Not on telly and you need more pay and send a message to the crew In your head you can hear them saying so much better to go with us and alone Good to see you all When we're about we will sing and we'll shout Good to see you dinner and a show now maybe and now we'll gather all the hands arms are twisting and we know how baby so much better to go with us and alone get to see you here we fell from the beer the ship we will steer get to see you having the time of our lives such a wonderful night Just beginning Shall we have a little fun? Got an invite and my phone is ringing So it's better to go With us and alone Good to see you here We fell from the beer We will feel no more fear Good to see you Having the time of our lives Such a wonderful night Good to see you Making the most of our years When we can all live like kings for a day So it's better to go with us and alone Good to see you, we are lucky to be In this moment we breathe Because we're having the time of our lives Such a wonderful night Good to see you, making the most of our years All our doubts disappear
see you out that's uh one of the songs Declan wrote outside of the podcast uh and I just love this it's such a good song I actually kind of resent you a little bit for not writing it in February because this isn't going to be on our album <laughs> I was about to say like uh it's exactly the tone of the album that we've sort of uh working on so like uh uh album number two maybe keep it on the back burner like non-album single maybe a b-side yeah no very cool it's, i just i love it you were saying like while we were listening to it like i don't know whether to end it like good to see you out like kind of resolve it and have that final word but i love the fact that the whole song teases that you're going to say good to see you out but it kind of doesn't i, I think that's a really nice charming thing but the thing is, it's not kind of designed that way around. Because like I said, I named it today after I'd done the demo recording. Uh, because I realised the old title. The, uh, I think Last Forever was the previous uh, title of it. And that has just gone from the words. Um, okay. Uh, so uh, that's me just thinking on the spot. Like, should I try and make the title sort of fit? Because like... Uh, Good to see you doesn't really sort of sell the tone of the song, but good to see you out as a title does. Mm. It sort of ties into a little bit of what the lyrics are about. So, <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I was I was playing along to this on guitar before we jumped on air, and I was kind of playing like in the verses. It kind of goes between like I'm not trying to describe your song for you, but just like I was quite impressed with the fact that in the verses it goes between like G major and E minor sort of thing. That's the verses type of thing. And then by the time you get to the chorus, the good to see you out, you're going kind of like C, C augmented, and then you're using an F. And then it just kind of implies that the song's in C in the chorus. I just thought that was very cool. I think you need to describe my songs to me more because I'd not really clocked that until you, <laughs> until you mentioned it. The fact that it's you did like... that without meaning to is infuriatingly talented of you. <laughs> no, it's, it's more like um, I was thinking like, oh, okay, this pre-chorus section needs to build a bit of tension into the chorus. So I've, I've got a C, put a C augmented, which is uh, um, like taking the uh, fifth of C, which in this case is G, and taking it up to a G sharp. Uh the logical chain is then the next chord has to contain an A, F. That's the major. It's got an A in it. That'll do. Bung it in there. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I see. Well, it, it very much impressed me because then when you go back into the verse again and it goes back to playing definitely in G major, it's like, it's a bit, and I mean this in the best way, it's a bit jarring chordly because it's like, oh, wow, we're in a new key now. Uh, yeah, that did actually cause me a little bit of a problem on that pre-chorus for the first one, because uh, the, like you say, the riff uh, basically moves between a G and an E minor. Uh, that pre-chorus uh, bit on the "Good to see you" on those bits, it's um, does a A flat to G kind of thing, but mm. that just sounds really awkward if you go back into G. So I had to sort of for that one time that it goes back into the verse where it doesn't normally. I had to jury rig up uh, a chord which was like a D and a C to a B underneath it to sort of imply the same movement because it ties into the vocal which is a C to B. Good to see you! Um, but you needed the D there to sort of sell no it's going back to uh, G right now but just left that the rest of that chord entirely ambiguous so it's just those three notes <laughs> two at a time. <laughs> oh the joys of transitioning eh? Yeah like uh, particularly when you've got like a nice section that works for everything else except one section, you think, 
come on, which variation of the five am I going to have to use now? <laughs> oh, I know. But I mean, even just like the thing you do where you in the, you know, having the time of our lives, that part where you go from C to C augmented, even just that alone just gives the song such a signature and such a great feel. Thank you. Um, but that, that chorus is a bit of an odd one because uh, I, I sort of like thought, oh, hang on, this pre-chorus kind of works as a chorus. Can I sing a couple of notes up? I can. And if I put a different end on it with a D diminished, there we go. I've got a chorus. Like, so twice, uh, so twice I used it nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a title right there. <laughs> that is a title. Um but yeah, I I kind of like that because that's the development of something that I did in the challenge as well, like a trying to come up with multiple vocal lines for uh, the same set of chords, like a slight variation on that idea. It all fits in. Um, oh, that's but, good. Uh, that's a lovely feeling when that happens, isn't it? Yeah. Um, lyrically, I suppose I should briefly talk about the song. It was written, I think, in March or April when I was in Cornwall. I Cornwall. I can't talk anymore. Um, that place where I'm from, uh, and I was in the lounge of my grand's bit of the building with my mum and my gran watching the repair shop, and uh, I was just flicking through my Instagram stories, and it's like all my mates from Bristol at a massive night out, and loads of them are just accidentally congregated to get together and we're having like the best night ever. It's just like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh like, man, that's to, the worst To be on feeling. that accidental night out would have been great. Uh, but then I was thinking, like, well, hang on. I'm now at a position where, like, if I wanted to, I could just call up a couple of people and ask if, you know, they wanted to go out for the night. And they'd most likely say no, but, you know, I could ask. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, it makes you kind of think, like, I should be living my life and making the most of it. There's also just like because you could quite clearly see they were having a good time, and you just I just ended up thinking about like a like those nights where you're with a group of people, and it just everything seems to be going your way. Everyone's having a good time. Uh, like the banter's on point, the drinks are on point, the dancing is ridiculous, but you love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then someone plays a cheesy '90s tune, and everybody loses their hecking minds <laughs> <laughs> oh man I'm I'm sad that you didn't get to go to that that sucks oh I got to watch a repair shop with my mum and my gran I'm fine like, <laughs> there are some nights for the one and there are some nights for Tuffer. <laughs> honestly you should have put that on your Instagram stories and they would have been the jealous ones <laughs> uh, just like a screen grab from this TV now what have you got here it's me old teddy that I had when I was a little girl, but it doesn't work anymore. Could you repair it for me, please? It used to mean such a lot to me. But we'll see what we can do. Oh, thank you. You're such a lovely bunch of people. Declan's having a fucking amazing night. Slit <laughs> <laughs> where Declan is. <laughs> there ain't no party like my grand's tea party. Hi ho. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <coughs> but that's about it I think the only thing uh, the other thing to mention about that was I think that was about the time where again not to get political not to get too down but like that was the time where everything with Ukraine was kicking off mm. uh, 
and I kind of felt a bit guilty when I got to the end of the chorus. They're like, you know, this is a song about going out and partying and there's real struggle in the world. Uh, so the way I countered that was just putting that, we're lucky to be here, like as a focus at the last bit of the song. We're lucky to be here with our friends and able to have a good time because there are people in the world who are struggling right now who are having to fight for their country and for their lives and everything. So that like that's the reason why that tone suddenly appears in chorus three. It's good. I think it kind of counterbalances it a little bit, um, regardless of what the current events were. Um, ah, it's, just, it's just great. And uh, it's just such a great piece of pop writing. I mean, I, I said it was a little bit like Foo Fighters' first album. What did you say it was like, reminded you of a, a bit? Uh, well, if I was comparing it to a Foo Fighters record, I'd probably compare it to something. I'd probably produce it up like something off of um, Echo Silence, Patience and Grace. Mm, mm. Like it's, just, it's got a similar sort of major tonality, but it can rock when it needs to, or it could potentially. This version doesn't because it's only an acoustic guitar and a bass, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh man, yeah, you got to produce this in one way or the other. Just damn you for writing it so much later than February. <laughs> if you want it for like album number two, let me know and I'll put it in a file and then forget how to play it a year later. <laughs> Oh, yeah. God, I've got a folder of those myself as well. Yeah, that would be really good. Um, The first song I'm going to bring along that I wrote outside of podcast peacetime or whatever you want to call it is (laughs) it's it's called it's called Life Can Go Deeper. And uh, I wrote this like like a week ago. It's like the most recent song I've written. If that, like maybe five, six days. And it goes like this. to you and I'm afraid that I'll die without an answer when I'm gone there will be no second chance for me at all and day by day I'll relinquish life's romances till the night begins to fall and my back's against the wall and I haven't got another card to play it may seem wrong may seem ignorant or strange but when you're gone i find it hard to get along but when you're there i can't remember even one of my little prayers but when you're there life can go deeper if what you say is true I'll fall and I'll come crawling back to you And you're afraid that I'll drift without an anchor And sail away And there will be no second chance for me no more And day by day I'll allow myself to answer To the fears of what I've known Till there's nowhere else to go And I haven't got another word to say Sleeping sound 
shy I may be hypnotized or dreaming Maybe I don't want to tell another lie But when you're there It's like the devils on my shoulder reappear When you're here Life can go deeper If what I've heard is true You're born and then the rest is up to you And I'm afraid that I'll die without an answer But when I'm gone there will be no second chance for me at all And day by day I'll relinquish life's romances Till the night begins to fall And my back's against the wall And I haven't got another card to play So that was Life Can Go Deeper And I've got to tell you, nothing can go much deeper Than my love for your music and your songwriting, Roger Particularly this song, because I really like it I've, yeah, (laughs) I'm a big fan of your piano ballads And then I like how you've got uh, with this one, you've got that pre-chorus section that seems like it's building to something, and it almost sounds like it's a chorus until the chorus kicks in, and your brain suddenly goes, "There it is." <laughs> That's the section. Um, oh, thank you. I love the bridge on that as well, like that floating, meandering chord sequence there, where it's like going between these slightly weird places. Like, I, there's a lot to like here. Thanks so much. Thank you. Um, it's funnily enough, what you said was the chorus. If I'm understanding you right, I think of as the verse. So with the part where it goes, life can go deeper, if what I've heard is true. That whole part to me, that's the chorus. What do you think? Um, see, I've only heard this once. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's that bit that ends with the, uh, like there's a bit of a four sharp five in there at the end of that section. That's a bit that I'm thinking of as the chorus. Hmm. I'm confusion. Uh, I, I am confusion as well. <laughs> well, But um, it's a good song, regardless. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, the, yeah, the, the idea was, I guess, to... Well, the idea started with the chorus itself, like the sort of life can go deeper part. Um, and it's one of those lovely things where I wasn't even trying to write a song. I was microwaving some chili from the night before. And you were microwaving some chili with a piano. Don't you? <laughs> I mean, I, I, only on special occasions. And as the timer was digging down, I, I just sort of went over to the piano and I started playing G major. And all of a sudden, I got like no lyrics, but just like a melody. I was like, da, den, 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 da. And I was like, okay, right, I'll grab, go upstairs, grab the dictaphone, and then record just that little bit. Then I sort of developed over, over the next couple of days, um, adding lyrics here and there. But this was very much like a sort of add the lyric you feel fits the melody rather than choose what the song's about and then write, if that makes sense. Yeah, like uh, sort of see where the vibe takes you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, it, it took a lot of work. It, like, the initial part came pretty easy, but then it took a lot of work of, like, just sitting there for, like, an hour per verse, just thinking, like, okay, what the look's going to be? And 
the chorus, like I say, was pr pretty easy. But then when you get to the verses, um, I knew what the chords were going to be, but I had no melody, I had no lyrics, I had no idea what the lyrics was gonna be a were going to be about. So just to give you kind of outline of what I was working with at the time, um, the whole song's in G major, um, but the verses, um, where it's like, it may seem wrong, it may seem ignorant and strange, but when you're gone, that part, that's all based around just four chords, four simple chords, A minor, D major, G major, and C, and it just loops through those for, for the for the verses. And uh, I kind of eventually got a melody together, and it was just kind of getting the right rhyme scheme, and man, it's just like, yeah, yeah, getting the right rhyme scheme, but then also making sure that it made sense while also rhyming in the right places. It was tr pretty tricky. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the annoying thing with words, is that you can't just stick whatever random words you like in whatever order. They do have to have some meaning. <laughs> yes. I, I remember... Even if it's like an entirely subjective meaning that only you get, you do have to have a bit of a logic to it. You can't just put the word, I don't know, Tuesday into the middle of <laughs> into the middle of a song. No, exactly. Just apropos of nothing. And so I really Tuesday you. <laughs> Unless you get really avant-garde, but yeah, no, completely. Um, so with with a song like this, often lyrically for me, like the chorus is about one thing to begin with and then the verses will inform what the song's about and I'll kind of discover that as I'm writing it and then the following choruses might change a little bit and I wanted to make sure that they did with this one so chorus two is different lyrically from chorus one so in chorus one I go um I just remember off the top of my head now my book's not near me life can go deeper if what they say is true you're born and then the rest is up to you I'm afraid that I'll die without an answer and when I'm gone there'll be no second chance for me at all um and so on and then in chorus two after I've spoken about sort of, um, I don't know, like falling short of somebody you respect's um, ex expectations of you and just feeling like like you're a failure in their eyes, I then say, um, life can go deeper. If what you say is true, I'll fall and I'll come crawling back to you and you're afraid that I'll drift without an anchor. So like same syllables, same sort of melody, but different lyrics and meaning. So... I like that. I think we've mentioned before that we really like when choruses progress and change and like shift their meanings and like uh, it helps progress the journey of a song. Yeah, definitely. I was actually thinking of you when I was trying to do like the second chorus because I know that we're both fans of one that even if you change one word in a chorus and you just change like from me to you or something, it can just change. This is the whole something thing. we shall be returning to. <laughs> oh, foreshadowing! Nice. <laughs> It's um, almost like we plan it. We don't. We don't. We don't. God, do we not plan it. <laughs> <laughs> We're just amateurs, quite frankly. The idea that anyone thinks that this is at all like rehearsed or prepared is hilarious to me. <laughs> um, but the... Um, yeah, so the, the other part which I thought kind of led me off down a bit of a funny track of like trying to solve how to do it was in the middle eight part where it changes up and the bit you said it kind of floats melodically um mm, love that bit thank you i mean that bit's basically it's still in g major but it uses some more unusual chords so what it does is it goes like um g diminished g g diminished g g diminished g so da 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 da, da sort of thing so like and that's got a g6 in there as well oh that's nice 
Because so G, if you're using a G diminished, a G and a G six, that's playing a lot with like the top of that line. Uh, so uh, with a G, you'd normally have a G, a B, and a D. With a G six, you'd have a G, a B, a D, and an E on the top of it. The G diminished, uh, like you'd be taking all uh, the B and the D down a semitone. So you've en you've end up with this uh, C sharp D and E that you're working with on the top of that chord sequence. Mm. It's it's such a cool thing to try. I mean, you know, I certainly didn't come up with it myself, obviously. Um, it's something that um, people like Henry Burr and Irving Berlin and like the old school songwriters from like the 30s and stuff used to do quite a lot. Um, and it kind of like, it creates this sort of like semi-melancholy, but also mostly like a playful sound to the, the melody and the chords. Like, are we in a minor chord? Or are we in a major chord? And you can kind of like create a bit of... Um, suspense with that i think it's like dangerous whimsy almost <laughs> that's my middle name <laughs> and then uh, roger dangerous whimsy efforts <laughs> rolls off the tongue doesn't it <laughs> and then keeping that same sort of um rhythmic pattern i guess you could say sort of like alternating between chords and then climbing up briefly i then go down to D, but it just didn't work. It was not like I was trying to be clever. It just didn't work in D major to like have the second part of that. And so what I did is I changed it to D minor. So using a minor fifth there, and then going. Uh, let me figure this out a sec. They're going from D minor to D minor six. Blah 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 blah. Again, playing with the top end of that chord, moving the fifth up to a six. Um, and then to turn you around to get back into either the verse, which it does eventually, or the second time it goes around the middle eight, um, you go, it's quite a simple climb. It's just A minor, B minor, C, E minor, D. So then you're kind of like going back to the natural fifth to get back into the verse. I like that. I like that a lot, because that D minor really does a lot to sort of unstabilise the chord sequence and make you think, hang on, where are we a minute? Yeah. Uh, like... Is like uh, that G to G6 and G diminished uh, section you can sort of play off as like, oh yeah, this is a bit of flavor. And then when you put the D minor in there, it's like, oh, oh, I see. Right, <laughs> we are going for this section then. Yeah, definitely. Um, the last thing I'll say with this before I hand off to your second song is just that that section in hindsight almost felt as a bit of a counterbalance because I knew that my verses and my choruses were so vanilla chordally, like, and there's nothing wrong with that, but like they were just so like predictable in where the chords went. And it's nice to kind of go, ah, but at least in the middle eight, I have something that's a bit more um, unusual. I I know that temptation very well. Like, because uh, as we say before, like you can write a song with one, four, and five, and it's fine. Like, no one's going to show up and like take your guitar away. But yes. it feels like it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it does, it does. And that's a very. That's like a, it's an unhealthy attitude if you focus on it. But if you're just doing it to add flavor, which I kind of like, because like a lot of that song, the lyric is kind of straightforward and everything. But on that section, it goes like to this like weirdly ambiguous sort of area. And then your, am I correct in saying your vocals jump up a little bit in that area as well? A little bit, uh, like to the hot top of my range. I can barely sing it. <laughs> But then, like, it changes the texture and tonality of the whole thing just for that second, so that when you come back into the, like the major chords at the end, it's just like, oh, cool, we're on home ground now. This is cool. I like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree. Yeah, it's um nice to shift these things around. Um, 
And uh, yeah, thanks for your kind words on it. Uh, what's the next song you're bringing? Uh, the next song I'm bringing uh, is uh, a song that I wrote about a month ago, I think. Uh, and it's called Cockshaw, and it goes like this. I've seen this cycle play before Always a spectator on the sidelines He's only got a little before he thinks not worth my time Using all his gathered charms Every cheat and trick he has quiet But he'll never get her in his arms Fastest but most surely she's not worth my time So cocksure Wants to be an object of affection But he doesn't like to be ignored Hit the drink and tell me she's not worth his time Will not let me take him home He's confidential change when she sees him So I tell him when we're all alone Why do you think this effort's ever worth your time? You're trying, I keep your eye in, always leave me sighing now. The both of us are lonely, you know she's not the only way to bring your best self out. was cocksure that is one that uh declan wrote outside of the season again and i'm a really big fan of this one it's a mixture of kind of funky and dark almost as well and it does so much with sort of like the groove that it establishes so really big fan of this one thank you very much um yeah this was a bit of a weird one to write it started off with obviously as it would that riff on the verses which uh i sort of heard it in my head i was thinking like yeah this could just go with like a just snare on the uh, not a snare uh, just a bass drum on the bottom just four on the floor yeah i was just thinking like that would make it sound like a club tune wait a minute what if I write this song about <laughs> about that kind of thing? 
Um, I'm writing a lot of songs about going out recently. Uh, it implies I have more of a social life than I actually do. You're a Bristol socialite. You're, you're a man about town. <laughs> People know who I am, darling. <laughs> uh, Call me Bubbles, darling. Uh, Everybody does. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, so, uh, this song was kind of written about... Uh, uh, it's, it's it's a weird one to write a song about. It started off being written about um, when you're out with your straight mates and suddenly they uh, get on the pool. <laughs> it's this it's this weird thing. It's not unique to straight people, uh, but like I've noticed it a lot with a lot of my straight friends when um, you go out somewhere uh, with uh, and like they're single and they're looking and you'll be like chatting with them all night and you'll be like a having fun and dancing and drinking together and then just suddenly drop off a hat like back joes <laughs> they're totally like invested in a very unsubtle way <laughs> with like the opposite gender and it's just kind of like really funny to watch that uh, switch click in their heads <laughs> that's well funny reminds me of that quote I forget you uh, said it um, having libido is like being chained to a madman <laughs> That's good. I like that. That's a good quote. <laughs> um, and like I say, not unique to straight people, but it's just really funny to sort of watch it among straight men. <laughs> uh, and it's just kind of written from the... I started writing it from the perspective of like, well, this guy keeps like uh, chasing like uh, women in clubs. And if it's not chasing women in clubs, that makes it sound like really bad. Uh, but like, it's like uh, trying to get with people in clubs and not realizing that's not where like happiness lies or it's very unlikely that that's where happiness lies beyond the obvious brief pleasures that going home with a nice person from a club might suggest um uh and i kind of got to uh the second chorus and i hit a brick wall with the words because i just realized there's nothing really more i can say because I've got to the point now where, like, he's fed up and his mates are saying, like, mate, why are you trying? Just go home. Um, <laughs> and then I realised something. which is like, the song was written from an outsider's perspective and there is a reference to an I in there, meaning that it's a narrated song. I mean, it's just kind of like how it, most people default write. But I was just realising, why is the narrator so obsessed with this straight guy and why... He's after this, uh, like, after all these people. Oh, wait a minute. I can use that. <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, the chorus initially is, like, because every night he's trying, always keeps his eye in. Uh, and the end of chorus, at uh, the end of verse two, it switches to him, uh, the narrator telling the guy, like, I say to him, why do you think this is ever worth your time? And then at that point, the switch happens because every night you're trying, <laughs> like it's like it's the rest of the monologue, as it were. That's uh, so cool. And then, and then like uh, switching the lyric around at the like, you know, she's not the only way that you're going to be happy. And then I realize, what if I take this one step further and he fancies him? Uh, <laughs> which is where chorus three comes yeah. from. Yeah. That's so good. That's uh, I must, so good. At this point, I have to say, not autobiographical. This has not happened to me. This is entirely fiction. Don't worry. You're fine. You're fine. I don't like you in that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such a great, like, diversion from what it could... It could just be, like, 
he does this, he does this, then this happens, and he does this. And like maybe having like a narrative judgment on that or something, or like a kind of outside look, but then changing it so that the narrator becomes part of the story is like, mwah, chef's kiss. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's just something like, I need to write a few more words to this song. Hang on, I'll use my problem and I'll make it the solution. Uh, <laughs> That's actually like a really good piece of songwriting advice. Like if you don't know where to go next, use your problem. What's, you know, What's your emotional stake in it? Uh, so it's just a great piece of creative advice. Like uh, I remember reading uh, the script books for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the radio series, and Douglas Adams talks about, well, somehow in episode two, I'd managed to uh, get the two leads of the series thrown out of an airlock into space, and there was no reasonable way I could save them. The only thing that could happen is that a spaceship could turn up and pick them up, but that would be the unlikeliest thing ever to happen. <laughs> wait a minute, what if the spaceship's driven by the most unlikely things to ever happen and that fuels the rest of the story? <laughs> Which is kind of like a key example of like turning your problem into a solution. Definitely, yeah, rather than it being a barrier to the story, it becomes the rest of the story itself. That's really cool. Thank you. Um, I don't know why I'm saying thank you because I was talking about Douglas Adams there. I no, am like, Douglas Adams. Well, you no, did it too. You did the you did the Adams. I did the issue. <laughs> anyway, I think the only other thing to say about that one is that I'd really like to have like production on the verses of like kind of like not like a club tune, but like everything's just the trebles rolled off. You get these ambiguous chords and like textures as you get through that sequence of progressing chords. The treble comes back in and it suddenly turns into a Franz Ferdinand song for the chorus. I'd quite like that of a disco beat and everything. I love it. That's a cool idea. Yeah, you've got to play into the um, club element in the production. I think that's a really good idea. This is something that has not been said to me about one of my songs before. <laughs> You'll be like the new Calvin Harris within the next three months. Yeah, except I'm not Scottish. Oh, well. It'll be the Bristol's answer I mean, to I'm Calvin Celtic. Harris. That works. Yeah, Celtic Harris. <laughs> That's really cool, uh, really strong song um, all round, and particularly now I know what you did with the lyrics, I'm very impressed. Thank, thank you very much. Um, your check is in the mail. Um, what isn't in the mail is your next song, though, because it's right here in front of us, like physically in front of us, not like digitally on the computer where we're going to play it, but like I can see it on the table. It, 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 it's looking unhealthy. What have you done to it? I'm just it's making weird noises and smells. Well, I thought I needed to water it, so I did, but apparently I watered it too much. Um, I think I can still see it coughing up water. I think it's drowning. We better bring it up for air, then. We better put it on air. <laughs> yes, song, Roger, what's it called? How's it go? <laughs> this song is called Satisfaction Guaranteed, and it goes Ooh. like this. Strike out on my own I've never known 
feels so much like home But it's cold and dark for miles around And no one knows just what we're doing here Signals don't reach anywhere near anyone who has the eyes to see. But everywhere I look around, I see my satisfaction guaranteed. I like to think I'm tempting fate by staring out my cage. But destiny is reserved for those who try to act their age The algorithm knows me better than I'll likely ever know myself mm-hmm. A thousand variations on the type of girl you'll never have to meet mm-hmm. Every time you Close your eyes, you'll feel your satisfaction guaranteed Roger's song Satisfaction Guaranteed and uh, I can tell you that that's an accurate title (laughs) because I'm indeed satisfied, more than satisfied I like this one, I like this one a lot Thanks Uh, It's a very used song in that it's it's a lovely like small thing that uses interesting chords and I can really see this as like a closer on a project Yeah, well definitely yeah Because you like having the introspective note to end on I do, I do I've just, I've always liked albums that end on ballads and yeah this is definitely one of those types um it's it's a kind of a weird song structurally i guess because it doesn't it's just one long verse that kind of like ends with the refrain lyric as opposed to like having a verse that they it's a rhapsody then oh is that what it is oh a rhapsody is a piece of music with no like repeating chorus or anything like that yeah Bohemian Rhapsody. No, it's I, I didn't realise that. That's a I didn't realise that was the definition. Um You do now. I do now. Um this one it started out with the line, I think I'm going to leave this galaxy and strike out on my own, which is I like the lyric, but what does that mean? Where do you go from there? Sort of thing. Um 
And then I was watching a documentary on the Fermi paradox. Are you familiar with that? Uh, the which one? The Fermi paradox. Uh, I am not familiar by name. Describe it, and I might suddenly pop up and go, "Oh, I know what that one is." Actually, yeah, you, I mean, like it's it's one that is quite commonly spoken about. It's basically the idea of like if the universe is so large and so you know expansive and so old as well, where is all the life? How come we don't receive um, signals from anywhere, and how come there's no aliens visiting us? Basically. My answer to that is, uh, I'd like to quote from Douglas Adams, space is big, really big. You won't believe how incredibly big it is. I mean, you might think it's a long walk down to the local chemist, but that's peanuts compared to space. (laughs) Such a good quote. Um, So I I thought about tying that in with the the first lyric. Um, Like, I mean, it's almost like a tiny bit humorous of like, imagine being so sick of your current situation that you're like, I'm leaving the galaxy. <laughs> this is kind of like um, uh, that uh, Futurama meme, like, uh, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Yeah, it is a bit like that. And then sort of saying, like, you know, it's cold and dark for miles around and no one knows what we're doing here. Our signals don't reach anywhere near anyone who has the eyes to see. Um, <clears throat> and uh, da, 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 da. and then it kind of, like, gets to the satisfaction guaranteed part. And once I got that lyric, I was like, Okay, where can I go from here? Now I've got like the satisfaction guarantee thing. Um, and it's kind of, again, I've touched on this before lyrically, but like living within your comfort zone where your satisfaction is guaranteed. So, you know, the second verse is talking about how I am, I like to think I'm tempting fate by staring at my cage. The idea is like, in my head at least, like you're sitting in an open cage, no one's keeping you there, the door's open but you're staring out the cage thinking, I'm making a big change today. <laughs> I don't normally stare out the door. Um, that thing of like almost trying to hype yourself up for a big change and go like, yeah, I'm totally going to get myself that new job and I'm totally going to move to another city and I'm totally going to do this. But I've just got to do this because I do this every day. <laughs> One second. Yes, exactly. Like we're, we're such automatons on, so, on some levels. And then also tying that in with sort of the... Um, we're always on our phones, you know, there's that whole thing of data being collected and all that sort of thing. And I, I find that very interesting. And the fact that it can tie into us being inside our comfort zones. And I have that line in there, the algorithm knows me better than I'll likely ever know myself. I like that line. I like that line a lot. Thank you. I, I was rather pleased when I came up with that. And then kind of going on to like talking about, you know, if you're a shy kind of person like I can be with with women, the idea of um, a thousand variations on the type of girl you'll never have to meet, you know, just like the internet's full of the most attractive people out there, you know, and you'll never have to meet them. And I think there's there's something quite so clinical and like detached about that. Um, and I thought that was kind of worth highlighting in that, um, you know, and everywhere you look, you see your satisfaction guaranteed online. Like you go, you go on Instagram, and you know you, your social dopamine levels are you know, hit in all the right places, your satisfaction guaranteed in that sense. Um, then finally, because I know this is going on a while, lyrically wise, but in the third verse... I You're talk- on a podcast about songwriting. This is the place to go on a while about this kind of thing. Oh yeah, thank you for reminding me about that. Um, and then on the third verse, it kind of like takes a bit of a tack, uh, like a shift of tact, and 
kind of what you were saying with cocksure where like it changes like as it goes along and it talks about this doesn't necessarily change the role of the narrator but it kind of changes from negative to positive and so it's it's talking about imagine being unafraid of knowing god's design your life unfolds in white and gold and lights begin to shine so imagine that you had the agency to make choices in your life and you know get out of that cage get out of that comfort zone and go and live those up to that potential that you know you have um and it's sort of telling you the listener i guess um there's people in the world out there who'd love to meet you basically and um, so walk out into the wider world without your satisfaction guaranteed so basically saying like it's a scary world you might get hurt emotionally physically whatever but it's worth the risk and your satisfaction can't be guaranteed if you're going to live a full life i like that as a summation of uh the idea i like that thanks good thing to take away from it thank you yeah, yeah. it's um yeah it was it was oh, a... i've got the warm fuzzies inside now. <laughs> oh. it was a fun one to write it, again like lyrics have taken me a long time recently i take that maybe as a good thing because it shows i'm actually thinking about them because like when i was younger i used to like write whatever and there would be meaning in it sometimes but i'm actually trying to have some cohesion these days yeah i know exactly what you mean like uh because the lyrics have always been the hardest thing for me, but I look back on some of the old ones and like, what have you trying to say, though? Mm. As in, like, the old ones are mine. Um, yeah, yeah, no, same here, same here. And just, like, you've got some cool ideas in here, but you just, you're not thinking this through. Which is, like, I think that's probably the biggest area where, like, uh, doing this week in, week out has helped uh, in that, it's just thinking more about what you're doing because you've got to do it quite a lot. Uh. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think for me, at least, it's like closing the gap between where I am as a songwriter and where I would like to be in terms of like the songs I listen to where the, I don't know, the lyrics are very cohesive and very like, oh, that's what that's about. Even if it's a simple pop song or whatever, like at least they're like delivering the message really clearly and well. Hmm. Like I was recording a song recently with someone and they, we were talking about the lyrics uh, for one of the bits and they just went like, um, why is that lyric in there? It's just like, oh, it, it just kind of fits. And they just go, yes, but it, it it's totally counter to the rest of the story. The rest of it is really good, but that one line really screws with it. And I was just, it, the instinctive reaction is to go, no, what are you talking about? I really like this song. It's really good. And then you just look at it and you go, You've got a point, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the thing. It's like getting too attached to your songs, like they're your babies. And like, if anyone says anything negative about them, getting all defensive, like we've all been there, but it's... You can't help it. No, you can't help it. But then, you know, you'll never grow if you can't listen to some, you know, creative feedback, I guess. Exactly, yeah. Like, you can't help getting defensive over your stuff, but you've also got to realise that like you're overly familiar with it someone listening to it to the first time saying like uh that bit doesn't make sense in the context of the story it's something you've got to listen to and then hopefully by listening to people like that you get more aware of like when you look back at your own things like again this is kind of just one of those weird things but like one of the best things to do to sort of if you're ever feeling down about uh like 
your skill as a songwriter is to look back at your earliest recordings or your earliest songs and see what now seems odd to you or what makes you go oh i don't like that because mm. that means you've <laughs> it does mean you've kind of grown a little bit yeah uh, it applies to everything that you do every skill that you can practice and get better at but it's just kind of like that's just really helpful if you're ever feeling down to just look back at your oldest stuff and go like okay well at least i'm not the guy doing that anymore definitely it makes you feel good um that makes me think of an interview i read with tom waits once where he said um I hate looking back at my old songs. It's like looking back at a picture of you when you're 15, you've got like a double chin and like a really corny little mustache or something. <laughs> oh, I totally get that. Yeah, same here, actually. No, it's 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 good to see. And it I think it's nice in a way, like doing this podcast and writing on such a consistent basis, because I do think that if you don't use it, you lose it to some extent as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I feel like, and also it like puts a gap between you in the present day and you say like five years ago when you used to write a lot because then you could think like oh that was my heyday that was like when i could write and you kind of like create this fiction around but i can't write anymore you know i used to but i can't and and the danger is if you keep that fiction going on too long you start believing it and so mm. it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah like you had this magic in you or something and like don't get me wrong like we've spoken about this before i definitely believe that there's something you channel or tap into or something even if it's just your neurons firing in a very healthy way coming up with new ideas like there's that magic to it but i think the main thing about it as we've said before is just practice and consistency and just accepting change as well like if you were uh, like five years ago you wrote really good punk songs and now you you haven't written a punk song in years and you think oh well i can't write songs anymore it's like not necessarily true you might not be able to write punch songs but if you've been listening to other stuff over the years you might be able to turn that songwriting skill to something new like the, a new genre yeah yeah definitely and there's the thing of sort of like like hardcore <laughs> <laughs> you can outgrow your old shell as well like if you used to write great punk songs like when you were 17 and now you're 26 and like you said you've been listening to new music like maybe letting go of that old way of writing isn't such a bad thing but you could just like uh mature as a writer say like maybe you've been listening to folk music or something and you can like channel more of what you're going through rather than what you would like to be going through so what have you been listening to since we last spoke um well uh the big thing that's been on at work and so therefore i've had to listen to a lot is the new harry styles record and that's kind of the thing that's got thoughts going around in my brain at the moment. What do you make of it? I've heard it too. It's an interesting listen um, in the sense that, like, uh, my, my journey with Harry Styles goes vastly. Uh, I do not like One Direction because I am basic uh, in that regard. Um, it's just, it's very much marketed towards teenage girls. No, nothing wrong with that, but it's just not for me. Um, 
and then I sort of reluctantly, on your advice, actually listened to the first Harry Styles record. I was like, oh, damn, this is actually okay. <laughs> that was everyone's reaction, I, I think. Actually, yeah, it's just like, oh, for goodness sake, I actually kind of like this. Uh, so I bought that. Uh, Fine Line, uh, the second one that he did, that was really good. I was really surprised by that, which I think everyone was. Uh, like just the shift back to that vintage 60s, 70s sound, but like not obsessively so. Uh, whereas like, uh, I think everyone was kind of expecting Fine Line 2 out of the new record. Um, for me, I like it when it's a bit funkier and dancier, like the opening track music for a sushi restaurant, as it was, uh, Late Night Talking. Uh, a lot of the upbeat songs on the first half of the record I really quite like, but it feels very... bits and pieces mm. and towards the second half of the record the quiet songs start taking over and they don't really progress in the same way for me they're lovely but they just don't have the drive uh or like the momentum that the other songs have and they seem to come in at random um and also you get a sense of like uh songs like boyfriends again being marketed to that teenage girl demographic which i can find it's not the market for me but like the previous couple of records seem to be moving beyond that specific thing. And I know it's he's a pop star. That's kind of part of the whole pretense of the whole thing. But like it feels a bit of a backward slide, something like that. But then there are other things in there as well, like like the last track, Love of My Life, um it's kind of starts off as a slower song, but it builds and it does some interesting things. And again, like something like Daylight, which is again starts slower but then has these lovely weird drones that come up on the choruses which I love that sound but yeah I, I like it more as I listen to it but it, it 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 is very bits and pieces bits and pieces is a good way to describe it and I agree with the sort of um, step backwards in terms of like the lyrical themes here and there um, I thought it was really interesting like just in terms of listening to it as like a music production hmm like, uh, yeah, just, it it sounds very, I've heard the comment before that it sounds quite indie uh, in some regards, like uh, Naughty's Indie, which I get. And I kind of like that thing, uh, like style of uh, production. But again, I like it when it's a bit dancier and funkier and it's using a bit more interesting textures. And like, there's, there's some lovely synth work on there. Mm. But then you have a song like uh, like Boyfriends and Matilda where they're just kind of very simplistic. And that's not a bad thing, but it just makes me think you could have done more. Like, it's a surprise. Like, there's been such great scope on other songs. Like, what happened sort of thing. Yeah, pretty much. I I actually, I really liked the album. I wouldn't say it's like a kind of 10 out of 10 for me or anything, but, like, I did enjoy it. My main thought listening to it was, this guy's been listening to Peter Gabriel. <laughs> I swear, a lot of it sounds a lot like so to me, like the production style and the writing style to me. I must admit, I haven't heard so. I do need to listen to it one day. Oh, you're missing um, out on one of the few <laughs> albums from the 80s that are really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very short list. Um, but, uh, uh, I mean, he, I think he's intimated before that he does like loads of 60s and 70s stuff like definitely his solo stuff has veered more in that direction um yeah i wonder if he does like peter gabriel 
We'll have to ask I him. I wonder if Harry likes Peter Gabriel. Oh. <laughs> I wonder if he'll see my sign at the concert. He'll know. He'll know I did it especially. He he knows it's from me. <laughs> he is a very pretty man, though. I couldn't comment. I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't know. You know, I couldn't say. I tell you, you who have I have eyes, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> tell you who I've been listening to. Um, I've been. I'm so late to this party. Like fifty years late. Rick Springfield. You heard this guy? Lately something's changed, it ain't hard to define Just has got himself a girl and I want to make her mine And she's watching him with those eyes And she's loving with that body, I just know it And he's holding her in his arms late, late at night I've heard one of his songs, the one that was featured on the Sound City uh, documentary. Yeah, that was my first introduction to him too. And ever since I watched Sound City, the documentary, which itself, by the way, is great. If you haven't seen it, you go and watch it. Um, when Dave Grohl starts talking about Rick Springfield, he's like, everyone just thought he was like this kind of like throwaway pop star, but like he's he's great and his songwriting's fantastic and all this stuff and his records sound great. I was like, I should check him out. This was like six years ago. Finally checked him out. And my first port of call was the, the single, which we both know, called Jesse's Girl. That was like his big hit. I thought that was what it was called, but I didn't want to say it and make a fool of myself. Such a good song. Like obviously straight up FM rock pop thing about, you know, liking your best friend's girl. It's like but just so well done, so well produced, and just it rocks, and the whole album's just really good. But then I started exploring um, his earlier stuff as well. I was like, how does a guy get to like that stage of like writing such great, tight music? And he his first album came out in like 1970. It's called Beginnings. It's very McCartney-esque. You kind of like or like Emmett Rhodes. Like you could tell like he played a lot of his own, a lot of the instruments on it, and um, it's just very very not polished not in a bad way but just it's just very interesting to go through all so his when albums you, when you say mccartney do you mean like the album or do you mean like uh just generically paul mccartney kind of both i guess like definitely like early 70s paul like ram slash mccartney one oh that's interesting you've piqued my interest sir you i think you'll really like him he's it, not yeah i don't know it's plus just like if you're into like tracking someone's musical journey which i know you are just listening to the five albums that led up to working class dog which was like the big hit it's just so interesting hearing him develop it's like really really intriguing so we've had an email in uh and it's from someone who's not written into the podcast before uh the email reads thusly hello roger and declan thanks for a great podcast just listen to episode 132 uh we're a husband and wife band out of monterey california we perform a bit, but I'm mostly into songwriting and figuring out, after two Kickstarter campaigns to record studio EPs in 2012 and 2013, how to record at home. Thought we'd send along a more recent home-produced track, Would Be You. Thanks so much for your consideration, and keep up the amazing work. We really enjoy your show. All the best, Deanna and Kevin, who are the jinxes. Uh, thank you very much uh, for sending that in, and thank you for the lovely words. Uh, so, uh, without any further ado... Uh, ado there be none no ado here none at all 
Uh, here is Would Be You by the Jinxers. And you walked in. So that was Would Be You by the Jinxers out of Monterey, California. Uh, thank you, Deanna and Kevin, for sending that in. Um, we were just talking about 80s influence on things, and there was a definitely an 80s influence on that. Very cool. There's a certain vibe on some of the simps in that, uh, but it's like a lovely, bright tone to it all, uh, combined with like a sort of lo-fi or like a chilled modern production, which I, I really kind of like. Sells the vibe. Love it. Yeah, definitely. Very vibey. And... Um, you know, people couldn't obviously see this who are listening to the podcast, but if you want to check out the lyric video, there's a cool lyric video to it on YouTube as well. Um, yeah, very cool. Thanks for sending it in. Just search uh, Would Be You by The Jinxes on YouTube to find that one. Uh, yeah, so it's a good lyric video. Uh, yeah, I really do enjoy that. Again, thank you for sending that in. So that's it for this episode and this season of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, and uh, yeah if you'd like to find us online um, other than just typing the words weekly song podcast into google uh, you can uh, find us on instagram facebook uh, youtube some of these things are more updated than others uh, it depends on whether i run them or not uh, if if i do they don't um, 
And also, if you've had any thoughts on anything you've heard either on this episode or the whole series, or you've got a song that you'd like to send in for us to play on the first episode of next season, uh, why not write us an electronic letter at uh, weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com? Because we like reading mail and we like playing songs and uh, mm-hmm. it makes us feel all good inside. Um, Roger, where can people find your music? Where do they go? What do they do? Who do they have to sacrifice under the full moon? <laughs> okay, so sacrifice your firstborn. Oh, and well, then... I haven't got one of those. Oh, okay. Well, um, failing that, um, if, are you on Instagram? You can follow me at Roger Heathers. If you're on Twitter, you can follow me at Roger Heathers. Um, as for finding my music, you can find me on Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, Deezer, YouTube all the rest of them just uh, search Roger Heathers and I've got um, too many albums out so go and listen to one of them <laughs> uh, I'll say you, this again I'll say this again when I was preparing a playlist of all of my friends music for the drive down to Cornwall uh, everyone had about 10 songs or 20 songs or 5 songs you had a, near enough 200 just on your own without P Green Boat and without Dards and without any of the other stuff that you do. Like my drive home was basically soundtracked by you and your music with <laughs> one of my friends popping in occasionally. Uh, like you've got too much music. More please. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. That's so funny. I'm sorry I took up your entire drive. <laughs> How dare I listen to music by my mate that I like and I like his music. Oh, worst happy drive down to Cornwall ever. Sick one out of one. The worst. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you? Where can people find you online and your music? Well, I mean, I don't quite have 200 songs. Uh, but the, the meager selection that I do have, uh, you can find on all the usual places. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Bandcamp, uh, all, of the, all of the fun things by searching the words Declan and Kitchener, for it is my name. Uh, and you shall, you shall see the two things that I have to offer. Possibly three, dependent on if you listen to this in the future. Could be four, or five, or six. Probably won't be, though. It might still be two. Um, so, yeah, that that's where you find me. I'm also on Instagram as well, at Camborner. No you in there. Um, and what else? I think there's one other thing which we seldom mention, actually, which is that the songs for from this previous season and the seasons before, not all of them, but most of them, some of them, are on our SoundCloud. Um, they're also wherever the RSS feed shows up for, like, Spotify podcasts, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, that sort of thing. You can hear our songs from the podcast, too, if you want. Uh, we haven't actually done that for this season yet, so at some point people are going to get uploaded with like 28 new episodes of the podcast and it's just going to be the songs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone Shit, think sorry like, about that. Oh, my goodness, how much have they done? Oh, it's just the songs. <laughs> Man, these guys have finally pulled their finger out. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, but talking of pulling our fingers out, uh, you shouldn't have too long to wait before the next season. Uh, I think the plan is to be back at sometime around August, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. And there might be more details to come, but you can expect weekly songs from us again. Yes. We're not doing February again. At least not until February. Yeah, February. I'm not doing any February until February comes. <laughs> That's for sure. 
But yeah, um, thank you all so much for listening to this season. I hope um, you've gotten, you know, some insights from it that your songwriting's improved. And uh, show us the results. Email us. You know, um, thanks so much. Please do. Uh, yes, we shall see you uh, when we come back. Then so long. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.